I'm not going to talk about the Shabbos app tonight. I'm sorry. Um, someone said, can you give a 10-minute halacha shir on the Shabbos app? I said, I, I think I can give a 10-hour halacha shir on it. I think I can give a 10-second halacha shir on it, but I don't think I can do a 10-minute halacha shir on it. Um, as one of the... Thank you very much. As one of the uh, Rebbeim that I saw sent an email to his Talmudim about, about it said... I'd like to point out all of the flaws in the halachic reasoning, but to borrow the terminology of the season, ef shar lefartam ki rabim him. So we're not, that's not, not going to be, it's not going to be for now. Um, if you want, maybe in the future we could, uh, we could talk about it. I want to discuss two shailas that halacha lemaisa people asked me these questions in recent weeks, and they're both related to Yom Noraim time period. I, I guess like last time, I'll, I'll just tell you the... Two shy. Last time I tried three, but we didn't end up getting to the third one. So I, I figured we'll, we'll aim lower. We'll, we'll try two, and if there's more time afterwards, then we'll maybe go for a third. But like last time, I'll, I'll tell you what the two shilas are, and you'll tell me which one you want me to discuss first. First, uh, one shayla that I got was uh, this past year on Rosh Hashanah was a three-day yantif, as you may recall, and we have a few more of those coming up. There was a guy, let's call him Binyamin, because, mostly because that's his name, who, uh, who years and years ago had lent somebody money. He lent a, a good deal of money. He didn't tell me how much it is, but to make it a good story, let's say $10,000. So years ago, he lent $10,000 to Shimon, because the second guy in every story is always Shimon. So he lent Shimon $10,000. And uh, let's say the loan was due six months later. So Binyamin goes to Shimon after six months. Shimon, you have my money yet? Shimon says, I'm sorry, I don't have it yet. I just need a little more time. Just give me... Fine, okay, no problem. We'll give you a little more time. Goes back another few months later. Shimon, you have my money yet? Sorry, I don't have it. And this goes on for years and years and years. Binyamin has not seen a single penny of the $10,000 that he lent to Shimon. It's years later now. And we're coming up on Rosh Hashanah. And Binyamin starts to think to himself as he's coming up on Rosh Hashanah, Nebuchan Shimon, not that just that he was never able to pay me back, but he's going to be facing Din and Shemayim like all of us are, Holch in the front of Kivnei Maron, we're all going to face Din and Shemayim and Rosh Hashanah, and our Kodesh Baruch is going to look at Shimon, and he's going to say, Shimon, $10,000 at Yo Binyamin, and who knows what kind of Gzar Din up in Shemayim Shimon's going to get because of the money that he owes me. Miriam says, I know, I know, it's, I've been in business long enough to know that if you lend someone $10,000 and you haven't seen it in several years, you're not going to see it. It's not, it's not coming in. This money's not happening. It's not, he's never going to pay me back anyway. So why should he have to go through the suffering of having to face a bad gzardin if anyway he's not going to pay it? What do I gain from not being mochel? I decide I'm mochel v'chov. Binyam decides in his mind, he never calls Shimon to tell him, he decides he's mochel v'chov. And throughout Yom Narayim, throughout, throughout Rosh Hashanah, he's davening and he's thinking to the Rebona Shalom, perhaps this part I'm making up, but he's thinking to the Rebona Shalom, Rebona Shalom, look at me, I was mochel v'chov for Shimon, maybe you could be mochel and overlook some of my averos. Look at what a gesture I just did. Binyamin comes home after a three-day yantif. He opens up the mail, a uh, big pile of mail uh, from three days, and uh, he, there's an envelope with a return address, Shimon. Everyone knows Shimon, so that's all he has to write for his return address, Shimon. And Binyamin opens up the mail, and sure enough, in that envelope, there is a $10,000 check from Shimon. So Binyamin comes to me, and Binyamin says, but I was mochel the $10,000. Am I allowed to deposit the check? Am I mechuyiv to call Shimon and say, you know, I was mochel the money, 
can I keep it anyway and just go with whatever he tells me or can I just deposit the check? Can I just keep the $10,000? So that's one Shiloh that, that someone asked me. A second Shiloh that someone asked me, and again, you'll tell me which one you, you want to hear about first. The second Shiloh that someone asked me is, is a fellow, um, not going to use his real name, let's, so let's call him Ruvain. There's a fellow Ruvain who is a Baal Tshuva, uh, in the colloquial sense, not like in the sense that we're all Baal Tshuva, hopefully at some point for Averos that we've done, but in the colloquial sense, he's someone who did not grow up observant and was not religiously observant through college, and now he has smicha, and he's a wonderful guy, and he's, uh, and he's, he's a very, very religious person, a really wonderful guy. And he lives in a community that is not very heavily populated yet with religious families. He and his family live in this community. There is a shul, and, there is, you know, they're, and, and they're close enough to major Jewish communities, but a little in his immediate area, there aren't that many religious families. And a religious family moved on his block. And he, he and his wife were all excited. Finally, the kids will have who to play with, and they'll have, uh, they'll have a friend that they can relate to. And he goes over, and, he, and his wife goes over to welcome the new family. And he's looking at the woman, at the, uh, the, the, the new woman who moved in, uh, the, the wife of the family, you know, in the, in the family that moved in. And she looks so familiar, and he can't place it until it hits him and he thinks, he's not 100% sure, but he's pretty sure that when he was in college and he was not yet from, there was a group of Orthodox girls that were in the same university that lived in an apartment upstairs from him. And he recalls very, very vividly how he and his friends would absolutely torture them. They would, they would put them through Gehenna. He and his friends would, would, would harass them to no end. What they would do to Nebuch, these, uh, these from girls. And uh, then, you know, he didn't know who they were, didn't know the names, but, it, but he could swear that this is, this is the same girl. So he starts thinking to himself, maybe I should ask for Mechila. So he says, but I'm worried because, first of all, if I tell her who I am, she can't see behind the beard right now, you know, she would never think in a million years. To, but if I tell her who I am, um, she may not let her kids play with my kids. She may not want to talk to me, and I'm going to rob my wife and my children of the only, fa- the only potential from family. I said, what did you do to her? He said, I'm not telling you. I'm not, I'm not saying what I so, But apparently it was, it was not good. And he said it was bad enough that, 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 that he thought that that was a realistic possibility, that their children would not be allowed to play with his, with his children. And he said, I want to ask for Mechila, but <laughs> he said, to tell you the truth, I, I don't really regret it because it was so much fun. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask for Mechila if, 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 I don't, if I don't really, I don't really have Charata, I don't, I don't really regret it. So that was his, uh, how should I handle the situation? And he said, I'm not even sure if it's her. So if I start saying, oh, are you the girl that I did this, 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 and this to, she's going to be like, oh my God, you did that to somebody? And that would, that would also be the end of the relationship. So that's, of course, the simplest answer, right. But is, is, Shaila, is, is, this, is this a way to ask, does he need to do some, some lay some groundwork before he asks for the mechila, meaning in terms of the fact that he doesn't have charata. He doesn't, he doesn't really feel badly about what he did. So these are our two shilas. The envelope with the $10,000 
and the mechila with the charata. Any preference which one we do first? <laughs> All those in favor of number two, raise your hand. All those in favor of number one, raise your hand. That's pretty even. We're going to do both, but uh, okay. Um, I'm going to do number one first because I'm, pr- I'm more confident that I could finish it and get to number two. Um, so so I, that, I think it's a, it's a better chance of me getting to both of them um, since it was a fairly even vote. seemed fairly even. Uh, so Shaila number one, again, for those who, who walked in a minute or two late, the, uh, it was a guy who lent money several years ago to somebody, a good amount of money, hasn't been paid back. Right before Rosh Hashanah, the days leading up to Rosh Hashanah, he thinks to himself, this guy's never going to pay me back and I don't want him to face Din and Shemayim, so I'm Mochel Chov. And then over Rosh Hashanah, the mail comes and after Rosh Hashanah, he opens up the mail and the Chov is right there, the, the check for the full amount is right there. And he wants to know, after he was Mochel, is he now allowed to deposit this check? So I was very excited by the Shailah. I thought it was a very fascinating Shailah. It reminded me of the kinds of Shailahs that you'd find in like uh, Sefer Varevna or Chashuk Echemed, Rav Zilberstein Shailah. So I figured, send it to Rav Zilberstein. You know, so uh, so I, sent, I sent the Shailah to Rav Zilberstein. There's a fellow in my shul, uh, some of you may know him, Aaron Hertz, who's a phenomenal, phenomenal Ben Torah. He owns a supermarket around here, Aaron's Casino Farms. So he, uh, he, he's... He, now, now that's you. Yeah, yeah. So, phenomenal mentor, phenomenal guy. Like if there was a school and had to be a good balabas, he would he would be the dean. Um, really, really good guy, and he and he has a close relationship with uh, with Rav Zilberstein. So I asked him send send the shadow along to Rav Zilberstein. I think that was on Sunday. On uh, your brother would be the dean also. On 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 uh, on, on Monday, the uh, the shayla, the shayla, uh, Rav Zilberstein. We got an, an email back from Rav Zilberstein's gabai. That on the way to yeshiva, he read this. Uh, he read this shaila to him, and he was so excited that the second he came into yeshiva, he got a chaver together and he said a shir on it. So he sent me the audio, audio file of the shir, and then the following day he sent me a written shuva from Rav Zilberstein on the topic. Um, I saw the shuva of Rav Zilberstein. I, I found. I found it very difficult to understand. A lot of what he said, very difficult to understand. What are the issues over here in the shaila? What, 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 what do we need to look at? <laughs> Why wouldn't it have a status? If I'm mochel alone, I say I'm mochel, I'm mochel. You don't have to pay me back. I let you a dollar yesterday. Don't worry, it's okay. I'm mochel. Ah, oh, so number one is is a mechila believe a mechila. Is a mechila. You didn't even tell the guy, and you didn't even say anything. You just thought in your mind, Rebona Shalom, I'm being mochel the chov. Don't punish the guy. Is that a halachically binding mechila? That's issue number one. And why? Why does that matter? Ah, so the timing is the other issue. So issue number one is the quality of the mechila. Issue number two is the timing of the mechila. And both of those could have a very could play a very critical role in how we're going to answer the shaila. Yeah, what else? Um, he wrote uh, prisbals were written. Let's let's assume for every for every shemitah. But yeah, it would. Obviously, you know, not not this year because this year uh, we don't pass, we pass on like Rov Rishonim that shemitah is only shamed b'sof shana. So. We're not, we're not there yet, but the last Shemitah, I think it was that far back. So the last Shemitah would have, uh, would have played a role, but, uh, but let's assume principles were written. Also, is there an idea that if he would have known that this would have happened, like, he, he, he's in Mechila on false pretenses. Why is it a false pretense? He thought he was never going to see the money again. But if, I guess, okay, really let's say he was Mochalit five years ago. Would you still say that if the check came five years later? That, meaning... 
at what point do you say it's a mechilu At what point do you say, you know what? He knows that there's a chance that the guy will pay him back, but he doesn't think the chances are that great. So it's not it's not betaz. There is a concept of mechilu betaz, but I think it may relate a lot more to when the check was sent than you know than than just the the uh, possibility or the idea that. It, you know, he never thought it was going to be paid back, and here it was paid back. So I'm afraid the whole thing was betas. I don't think we could say it. we can go that far. Yeah. The fact that it's a check would be different from checks in terms of it's more like a star than an actual. Ah, so also was there a priyasachov over here? There wasn't a priyasachov. He gave him a check. The money is still in the is still in Shimon's bank account until until uh, Binyamin goes to the bank. The money is still in in Shimon's account. So there's no actual priyasachov. So does that play a role? The fact that that he didn't that he didn't actually. Pay him back yet? Okay, good. So let's take issue by issue, one by one. First of all, on the on the issue of mechila belayd. So my first thought was, can a mechila work like that, where you don't even tell the person that you've been mechil b'chov, where he doesn't even know that you've been mechil? Is that a binding mechila? There is a discussion in Shulchan Aruch in Choshen Mishpat in Simon Yud Beis, where uh, the Shulchan Aruch writes that mechila in sarich kinyan. That in order for a mechila to work, it's not necessary to have a kinyan to make the mechila work. And on the spot, the Ketzos and Simon Yudbeis and Sif Aleph says, what about a Mechila belayed? So he does not discuss, what if you say a Mechila, but don't say it to the person. If you ver- the, the assumption of the Ketzos sounds like, if you verbalize a Mechila, even if you never told the person who owes you the money, that is a binding Mechila. But what if it's just Mechila belayed? It's in your tefillos, it's in your thoughts. And even you say, behechleit, in your lave, with absolute, uh, you know, mechila gemuram, absolutely mochel, in your heart you say all that, but it's only believe. You never actually say, you never actually verbalize it. Says the Ketzos, I've seen the Ketzos says in the Sefer Mizgeres HaShulchan, that he writes, Dim omer shebelibo hayo lemochlo, v'achshav rotsu l'snakem yimenu leiz asiba v'tovo, if a person was mochel believe, and then at some later date he changes his mind and he says, you know what, I want my money back, he's not allowed to be tovea the money, he's not allowed to ask for the money back. Because mechila believe havi mechila, after nakit shtara biyadeh. Even though he's got a star still. I mean, you would think if he was mochel for real, he should have torn up the star. Now, even if he has a star, but he was mochel believe, that is a mechila gemurah. It's an absolute mechila. And the smag proves this because he says, otherwise, how can we make the assumption the Gemara Mesechus Ksubas, Tavkuf Dalar Amanalif, discusses if a woman was, uh, was Oder Ksuba and for 25 years after her husband died was never Tovea the Ksuba. So she's been ge- getting the Mizonos, because that's the Allah, the, the Yarshim have to, give them, have to continue to support until she gets her, her Ksuba payment. She was never Tovea the Ksuba. So the Gemara says there's an assumption of Mechila after a certain point of time. What do you mean assumption of Mechila? She never said Mechila. She never claimed to say Mechila. We never claimed that she said a Mechila. No, an assumption of Mechila means by her actions we can tell what she was thinking. And we read her mind and we assume that there was a Mechila. So Mechila Belev works. That is what the Mascara Sashulchan says. Says the Ktsos. He says, I think this is wondrously strange to say that a mechila believe would work. We never ever find that machshava works for something like this. That machshava is going to work in the world of, of Kenyanim. He says, even Hefker, Hagdish, Neder, all of them need dibor. All of these areas of halacha, you need to verbalize. You need to say. You can't. You can't just have a mechila in your in your mind. You can't just uh, make a kinyan in your mind. The only time machshava works is by kachem mizbeach, and that's because there's a pasuk in chumash. Pasuk says kol nediv leiv. 
So if the Pasuk says, call Nadiv Lev, that means all you need is Nadivus Lev. That means you don't need anything, anything more than that. So the Ketzos himself says that he saw a Maharit that discusses this, and he says maybe it would depend on the following. He says, how am I going to explain the Gemara Ksuvis, though, about the woman where there's the Mechila, assumed Mechila of 25 years? He says, maybe it goes like this. If it's something that's so obvious that the person is being Mochel, that if you would ask anyone, was this person Mochel or were they not Mochel? And everyone would say, of course they were Mochel. Like a woman who never asked for a Ksuba 25 years later. She's independently wealthy and she doesn't really need the money. The Ksuba's worth whatever it is, $18,000. And she makes $18,000 every time she blinks because she sold her startup company. You know, whatever. It's not even, it's not even a, an issue for her. You would ask anyone and everyone would say, of course she's, she's Mochel or Ksuba. If it's something that's obvious to everyone, then Dvarim Shabalev would work. But if it's something that's not obvious, if it's something that, you know, yesh ladun, that you could argue that maybe is not really mochel, then you would need an actual verbal mechila. So what we have over here is machlokas achronim, whether mechila belev is a valid mechila. According to the ktsos, in this case, it's not obvious that he was mochel, because he had been toveya consistently. He didn't leave it for 10 years. He'd been toveya consistently over the course of, of all the time that the money was owed. It's just that at this point, he, he was... He was getting ready to give up on it. So according to the Ketzos, this Mechila is an invalid Mechila. The money is still owed, it's a non-starter. Of course he's allowed to, he's allowed to deposit the check. According to the Mescaris HaShulchan, he's, it's, a, it's a valid Mechila. Mechila Belev is a Mechila. And therefore he would not be allowed to deposit the check. Great, so now all you need to do is figure out how do you paskin in a machlokas between the miskaras. It's not all you need to do. The first step is going to be how do you paskin in a machlokas between the miskaras shulchan and the ketzos. So I would have said, since I don't know anything, I would have said, okay, suffik, you know, something like that. But we don't know, that's like a last resort. That's what we do when we don't know how to paskin. So you go, the first thing you do is you go to people who do know how to paskin. So I asked Rashad what he thought about this. He says, the Nesiva says like the miskaras shulchan, miskaras shulchan is correct. The Nesivas says like that, we, we were passing like the Nesivas and the Mishkaras HaShulchan against the Ketzos. Mechila Belev is a Mechila. It absolutely works. It happens to be, I went back to Binyamin and I said, Binyamin and Mechila Belev, I thought that would be our Pesach over here to let you keep it, that a Mechila Belev is not a, uh, I'm sorry, I, I thought that, that, I, that, that it's, uh, yeah, that a Mechila, the Mechila Belev is not a Mechila at all, but Roshach said that you're passing like the Mishkaras HaShulchan, so it is a, uh, it is a Mechila. So he said, who said Mechila Belev? He said, I said it. I said it out. I said the words. I said it out. Absolutely. I said, I am here several times. I am Mochum. I said, who did you say it to? Myself. But I said it. I verbalized it. Never said it to anybody else. Said it to myself. Absolutely verbalized it. So that, that blows up that whole first, uh, first part of the discussion because that does seem to be a real Mechila then if you, if you say it out. It just it bothered me that you don't have to say it to the person. I mean, the person doesn't have to know that you're Mochel in order for it to be a mechila, but it seems from the discussion in the, in the poskim that that's uh, that's just the, that, that that's the way it works. The Ktsos writes that even if a person wrote a shover, it's not muchach that he was mochel. Unbelievable. Ktsos says, let's say I wrote a receipt already that I I got the money, and the guy never gave me the money. I just never gave him the receipt. I wrote it already. That's still not muchach that you're mochel. I thought that line of Ktsos made it sound like you do have to communicate with him in some way. In order for the mechila to be to be binding, but probably not. I Meaning the uh, the pashtus is you don't have to communicate with him if you verbalized it. It's a mechila. So now the issue becomes the timing issue. So if Shapta said it's a davar pashtus, if the 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 person put the check in the mail before 
you issued your mechila, that's what we would call mechila betalus. That's what we would say, had you known that, had Binyamin known that there was a check on its way in the postal service that was going to get to him at the time that he made the mechila, would he ever have made such a mechila? Obviously not. Of course he would never have made such a mechila. So therefore it's a mechila betalus. But, if it was a couple of days before Rosh Hashanah, that Binyamin verbalized this mechila, and then the guy put the, the, uh, the letter in the mail, the, uh, the check in the mail, so then at the time of the mechila, it was not a mechila betalus. So if Shachter thought, if, that, if that's the case, it was a legitimate mechila, and, uh, and he has to give the money back, or, or at least call him and, and, and ask him. So he thought he should, have to, he should have to give the money back in that case, because then it would be a real, a real legitimate mechila. That was Rav Shatzer's take. Rav Zilberstein said, no. Even, it doesn't matter about the timing over here. Um, and, and by the way, three-day yantif. The mail comes on uh, over three days. He's got a pile. He has no idea when the mail, you know, when it was mailed. Because, and, and so let's say uh, five hours before yantif, he verbalized this mechila. It could be that the fellow put the check in the mail a second before yantif. It could be the fellow put the check in the mail that morning. He has no idea. Or it could be he put it in the day before. He has no idea. He doesn't even know what day he came to his house. Because three day out, if it's just the mail piled up. So, so it could be that you're dealing with the case of suffix over here. Now that's a real suffix. That, that would be a multimechavirala variety kind of suffix. That's not just a suffix, do we pasch in this way, do we pasch in that way. Uh, suffix in halacha, where you need to go to figure out how to be poshate the suffix la halacha. This is a suffix in, in the Metzius, in what, what really happened. Um, Rezilberstein thought, it doesn't matter. No matter, even if at the, you were mochel before he put the check in the mail, Rizilberstein thought that you could still be mechel of here. And he said he had, and in the tshuva, he gave four reasons. And uh, in the audio file, I thought I heard a fifth reason. But I, I, I think each reason is highly questionable. And, and I'll, I'll explain why. First, he writes in the tshuva, you know, priyas balchov is a mitzvah. Paying back a balchov is a, is a very big mitzvah. Um, I'm sorry, first, first one he says, no, it's not that, that was the second one. First thing he says is that when, the, when Binyamin was mochel, he wasn't mochel the chov. He was mochel the onesh on the chov. But he wasn't really mochel the chov. He was mochel that Shimon shouldn't be punished. But he wasn't mochel the money, meaning he always, the whole time, even as he was being mochel, it wanted the money back. Anything wrong with that? But that's fair. Yeah, is, that, is there such a thing as being Is the onish his even? Isn't that Rivonishlam's business? And also, Binyamin w- was thinking, okay, now I'm at peace with not getting the money back. Meaning that, that's what he, was, he had finally, he had he'd come to peace with not getting the money back. You call that the Mechilas HaOnish, not Mechilas HaKov. And is there even such a thing? Do we find that anywhere? I don't know if we find that. I don't know if he didn't bring any rights. Do we find it anywhere? Can be mochel and onesh without being mochel chov? The concept sounded a little bit difficult to me. Being mochel that a guy is going to be mochel and onesh up in Shemayim against someone else. I don't know if, that, uh, if it works that way. Second, second uh, tainer of Zilberstein had was that he says, he, write, he wrote as follows, even if he said that he's mochel the chov and not just the onesh, it was mechila uh, betalus for the following reason, not for the reason we said before. It was mechila betalus because um, he writes, "When did Shimon come into ten thousand dollars? Shimon just one day woke up, won the lottery, and he had ten thousand dollars. There's no way that happened. How did Shimon get ten thousand dollars? Never. The guy needed money. Slowly, he must have been putting away for a while 
ready. $100 a month, $100 every couple of weeks, something like that, just putting away money little by little to collect the $10,000. Had Binyamin known that Shimon was putting away money toward paying back his chov for all these years, Binyamin never would have been mochol chov. So Rav said, I don't care when Shimon put the, the envelope in the mail. That's not what, what, what Binyamin needed to know in order to make it a mechila batalos. If Binyamin would have even known that Shimon was working toward paying back the money, that would be enough to make it a mechila batalos. Any, any problems with that? He's always working towards paying back the money. Shimon, every time Shimon deposits a check, some of it may go to savings, and savings means that hopefully one day I'll pay back the money. I don't know. Maybe one day he deposited enough checks and he had enough savings and he said, you know what, I have all these savings. Maybe, maybe I should just pay that guy back that I owe all this money to. I don't know if you can say such a spot. Meaning, people always put away some money, spend some money, and then he spent the rest of it over the course of, you know, that's just the way, when you get a check, you put it in the bank account and you spend whatever you, you spend and then you see what you have left. Is it so obvious that, that's, uh, that, that, that whatever money he's putting away is necessarily earmarked toward the chov that he owes Binyamin? I don't know, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced by that. You are, you are convinced by it, you're saying. Oh, no? No, no, I, yeah, I misunderstood. He, he, he's claiming that if he knew that he was saving up, then he would not have moved. Right. So it's not, he said that he was not going to be So he said, exactly. Well, um, okay, then I never mind. Okay. The third, third time that says is that Priyas Balchov is a mitzvah, why is Priyas Balchov a mitzvah? Says Rashi in Ksubis Taf Pevav, Dechsev hint tzedek, sheyehen shalchat tzedek, velav shalchat tzedek. That a person is supposed to be an honest person. If you say you're going to do something, you're supposed to do something. That's why Priyas Balchov is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to be an honest person. When Shimon borrowed the money from Binyamin, what did he tell Binyamin? I'll pay you back. Granted, Binyamin's mochel, but Shimon said he was going to pay him back. So Shimon still has a mitzvah to pay him back so that he can be honest. And if Shimon has a mitzvah to pay him back, this is where it gets a little dicey, if Shimon has a mitzvah to pay him back, how could Binyamin rob Shimon of the mitzvah by not accepting the money back? Yeah, I didn't understand this at all. I didn't understand what he was talking about. What do you mean? You have a... Prias Balchov is a mitzvah. There's no Balchov anymore. If there's a machil, it's not even a mitzvah anymore. It's stam giving a gift to somebody. Strange spot. I didn't understand that one at all. Then he says, what, "What's a compelling svar on a certain level?" But I don't think it's a compelling svar yeah, to answer this. Yeah, that's his point, right? But what does that have to do with me accepting the money? Meaning, me accepting the money is about me being a ch- be, meaning. Yeah, it's still a mitzvah for him to be honest. But does he want to spend ten thousand dollars in that mitzvah? I, I don't know. He thinks he's spending $10,000 and paying back a chow, right? I don't know that he wants to spend $10,000 on the mitzvah, to be honest. But then the fourth svari says is that of course he'd spend $10,000 on the mitzvah, to be honest, because it's not just on the mitzvah, to be honest. What's the most important thing you could have in business? Most important? Trustworthiness. Oh, people, some people will tell you it's an MBA. Some people will tell you it's a firm handshake and a nice smile. Some people will tell you, it's, you know, all different sorts of connections. It's... The most important thing you can have in business is a shame tell. is a good reputation. Take it from someone who's never spent a day of his life in business. It's, <laughs> the most important thing is to have a shame tell, to have a good reputation, that people should know that you're a trustworthy person. If people know that they can't trust you or think that they can't trust you, no one's going to want to get involved. Because they don't want it. They don't want to... Why, why should they risk it? 
They want to be involved in someone who's trustworthy. For Shimon to pay this back is critical, not for Binyamin, it's critical for Shimon. So of course Shimon wants to pay it back. So you could assume that Mestama, even if he knows you're being Mochel, because if the word gets out that you have to be Mochel after 10 years, and you finally gave up on him because he was such a good-for-nothing, couldn't pay you back for all those years, that's going to destroy him in business. So of course he would want to pay you back anyway. So ain't no one else knows that, but still, you know, word gets around. But more, more obviously, yeah, ask him. You know when you rely on umdanas when you have nothing else, when you can't. But you could you could ask him. You could say, Shimon, you know, I'd really like this money. It would be really good. I had given up on you, and because of that, I was mochel. Do you still want to pay? Instead of making an assumption, what he would think, what he would no, you just see what he would he actually see if he actually wants to pay. In the audio share, I wasn't sure if Rav Zilberstein, one of his Talmudim was saying, was trying to say as far as like, why was he mochel the guy? Because he didn't want the guy to get an onesh up in Shemayim. But Priyas mochel was a mitzvah, so now he's robbing him of a mitzvah. So, and, and that was the whole point of the mechila, was you want him to get a better spot up in Shemayim, you want him to get a better gzardin, so you need him to get a better gzardin. I just, that's not, that's too, too out there for me. I don't know, I Rav Zilberstein did not include that in the tshuva. Yeah. Um, the last answer, once, um, when Shimon just gave him the check, even though it was after so long, it already reestablished his trade still, even if he doesn't deposit the check. So why should that make a difference? Um, I, I guess I, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that that uh, his shame tov is somewhat reestablished by sending it. But you know, what? sometimes even if you're mochel, you never got the money. You'll still have a bitter taste in your mouth from the fact that you never got the money, and you may be more prone to warn people, "Oh, better watch out." You know, for Shimon, I never got my money, even though it could be that. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. Um, I think uh, you know. And this, what I told him is, is like Rav Shafter said that if uh, if the money was sent before the mechila, um, then you 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 have to. Uh, th- then it was mechila betos, and you can keep the money, no questions asked. If it was sent after the mechila, then you should uh, you should ask for permission. I do want to spend a few minutes because I, I told I promised Rabbi Sachs I'll finish by eleven o'clock on Thursday nights. I do want to spend a few minutes on the other the other shaila, the other shaila, the case of the. Of the fellow who's just uh, so when was the sent? What did the guy keep the money? Yeah, he kept the money. <laughs> oh, Hashem, all is good with the world. Um, I mean, it's long gone. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> so okay. Um, but but if you buy Hashukei Chemer on Maseches Nedarim on Daf Samachem Beis, you'll find this Shaila, and you'll say, Oh, I know where that Shaila came from because uh, Zilberstein already put it into his next sefer in Hashukei uh, Chemer, and you see why he. Why he's Rav Zilberstein. The way he writes the Shaila is so much more dramatic <laughs> than, than that would actually happen. He's very good. So, he's, knows, knows, man knows how to tell a story. Um, but next, uh, th- let, let me just spend a few minutes and we can talk more after, but uh, on the other Shaila. So this fellow never, doesn't have Chabrata and he wants to know, can he ask, can he ask Mechila? So Mechila is a very interesting thing, how, how Mechila works. First of all, He's afraid that it's going to cause more animosity in this relationship. And there's a well-known machlokas between the Chavetz Chaim and the Rav Salanter. If uh, you go over to someone and say, are you mochel me? Mochel you for what? You're my best friend. You've always been so good to me. Well, not really. You know, there's this time I said that about you and I uh, said uh, this to your boss and that's why you got fired. And I said, you know, and you start going through the litany of things that you've done to him. And then he's going to be like, 
uh, what did you do to me? And it's going to be, it's not going to be good. So the machlok is Rabbi Yisrael whether you should ask for mechila. And what the nekudas hamachlokas might be is what the purpose of mechila is. Meaning, is charata a critical component of mechila? May really depend on how we view mechila. The the way that the chakira is often is often said is is mechila the way to, and this is a different kind of mechila than we were talking about before. Before we were talking about mechila sechov, so don't get confused. Oh, we were talking about mechila and interpersonal relationships, you know, just uh, for wrongs that were done. Uh, it's a totally different get there. So the way it's often said by Akronim is, is it the, a way of erasing an Avera, or is it a way of rebuilding a relationship? Meaning, what's the problem with not getting mechila before uh, Yom Kippur? Is it that you have bad relationships with other people and that's bad for you up in Shemayim? Or is it that, no, you have an Avera ben Adam Chavero, and the only way to technically erase the Avera ben Adam Chavero is by asking Mechila. Just like an Avera ben Adam Makom, you would need Charat Allah or Kabbalah Asid and Vidui, the ingredients for erasing an Avera ben Adam Chavero involve Mechila as well. And there are lots of nafkaminas, obviously. One nafkamina is the case of Rishol Santa and the Chavetz Chaim disagree about. This could be the, this is the way the Akram typically explain the Nukud Samachlokas. That if it's about repairing a relationship, nothing needs repairing. Our relationship's great. The guy doesn't know anything. So leave it the way it is. But if it's about repairing an Avera up in Shemaim, well, I did something terrible to him. And the only way to repair that Avera is if I get his Mechila. So I need to tell him in order to get that Mechila. Otherwise, technically, that Avera is still going to be written down up in Shemayim. Another way to say the Chakira, I once heard Rabbi Hartman. You know, the, uh, yeah, yeah, if you ever learned the Maral, chances are you, you've used Rabbi Hartman's uh, footnotes. Rabbi Hartman once said it in the Shir. I'm not going to do it justice right now. But he also said Tzvei Dinim and Mechila, but a little differently. He said, you know, the heading of the, of the, of the Simon in Shulchan Aruch that's about Mechila is uh, in Simon Tafresh Vav. Tafresh Vav is in Hilchus Yom HaKippurim. The Mechaber says, what's the halacha? What's the simon about? Sheyefayes Adam Chavero Be'erev Yom HaKippurim Ubo Dalet Se'ifim That a person should be Mephayes Chavero on Erev Yom HaKippurim. That's the din? You should be Mephayes on Erev Yom HaKippurim? Shouldn't it be whenever you do something wrong? You should be, is Tshuva something you're only allowed to do on Erev Yom Kippur? Shouldn't that be an all year round kind of thing? Why is it Tafka Be'erev Yom HaKippurim? That's the din. I understand why he wants to put it in Hilchaz Yom HaKippurim because it is when you want to take care of it. But sh- that's, the, that's the heading. So Rabbi Hartman suggested, and based on many, many, many other rayas that we don't have time to get into, that there are Tzvei Dinim in Mechila. There's the din in making up a wrong, just like when you damage someone, you have to pay him. And that applies all year round. You did something wrong, you got to make up for it. Then there's a second din of avoiding a specific Kitruk HaSatan on Yom HaKippurim. When the Torah formulates the problem, if one does not ask for Mechila, the Torah writes, the reason you have to ask for Mechila is kedei, before Yom Kippur is Kedei Sheyehei Leiv Kal Yisrael Shalem Kal Echadim Chavero V'lo Yamakom L'Satam L'Katreg Aleha To avoid a Kitruk HaSatam, look at Kal Yisrael, look how they don't get along with each other. So that's a din specifically in Erev Yom HaKippurim. But I thought maybe there's a third element over here. And the third element is that Mechila is part of the, it's not just about erasing the Avera, it's part of the Tshuva process that a person has to go through. And this post can discuss a little bit, Rabbi Yaman Zilber and Nibru talks about it, and Rav Sturmbach talks about it a little bit, talks about going through the Busha of asking for Mechila. That there's part of the Kapara process is going through the asking of, of Mechila. So that got me thinking. 
that if that's part of the tshuva process, what else is part of the tshuva process in Averos Menod and Lechavero? Is that it? Is that all you need? Isn't it more likely that you need to express some sense of charata and it has to be sincere charata and that's also part of the tshuva process? And if you don't have charata, your tshuva is incomplete? It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It could be that you should still do it. But what this guy really has to work on is getting, getting to the point of charata, which is the hardest thing. And you hear this all the time. People who did whatever they did in their earlier years, and then they become all farfront or whatever, and they're wonderful, and they're, and they, uh, and they, but they talk about the high school years. And when they talk about the high school years, oh, the, the nostalgia, oh, that time that we got drunk and we did this, and it all comes out at the Afrof. At the Afrof, that's when that's when all the Chaverim, they talk, these guys with the pays and the beer, they're talking and they're like, oh, and they're talking with the Nagosha restaurant and we did this with that girl and the guy's father-in-law is sitting there like, oh my God, what am I giving my daughter to? That's when all... But the nostalgia, how they talk, there's no... Where's the Charata? Charata's not so easy. A person is supposed to have Charata. That's part of, that's part of the Tshuva process. A person is supposed to have a sincere sense of Charata. So someone said... She doesn't, even if you don't have charata, as long as you get that mechila, that's all you need. You don't need to have charata. And the raya is, what do you say right before Kriya Shemalamita? What do we say in Tevila Zaka? I'm mochel for anyone who did anything wrong. That person has no charata. If he had any charata, he would ask me for mechila. But I'm still saying I'm mochel and it works. I didn't think that's a raya. Because in that case, I know that the person has no charata. If they have charata, they would ask me. Over here, the guy is, is, is being mad to her. He's, he's misleading her. He's telling her, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. And she's going to say, oh, she feel, okay, he feels bad. He finally has charata. And that's the premise of her mechila. Maybe she wouldn't be mochel if he would say, listen, it was so much fun. Are you mochel me? <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't work in that, in that situation if, if, if that's the way he would formulate it. So it could be that the whole thing is a, is a mechila betos. I told him he should first ask her, did you live in this address You know, when you were in college? Find out if it was her first. And then he should really work on his charata and try to get a sincere mechila from her. Okay? A gemar chasim